Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. And we hate movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is the final week of Listener Request Month 3. I feel like we should have had some sort of cool, like, sequel name. Like, like uh, Listener Request Month 3, The Reckoning. Or The Return of the Mwah. Or The Badge <laughs> of Silence. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, before we get to today's topic, uh, the call for this week was from a woman named Erin in the Bronx, and she had this to say. Hi, this is Aaron I'm from the Bronx, since you wanted stats. Uh, getting in my listen request and under the wire because I really want to hear someone other than me and my girlfriends talk about Maniac Cop 3, Badge of Silence. We're obsessed with it. Um, you've referred to Maniac Cop, but I'm talking about number three, where Maniac Cop is slowly working his way through a hospital, getting revenge, sort of, not really. The flashback sequence showing how Maniac Cop died is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. I highly recommend it to anyone who's ever wondered whether a zombie can drive while on fire. So please watch it. Uh, I love it. Please enjoy. So all right, Aaron, for you and your girlfriends, Maniac Cop 3, Badge of Silence from 1993, directed by William Lustig, who has directed four movies with the word maniac in them. (laughs) That's right. Three of them being (laughs) this This, series. This trilogy, and then, of course, there's the seminal Maniac film, uh, which has nothing to do with Maniac Cop. Uh, by the way, check out the remake with Elijah Wood. From yeah, that's so bad. Yeah. Good movie. Uh, not a good movie, Maniac Cop 3, Badge of Silence. Let's try to stay on track here <laughs> as much as possible. Uh, this is the third installment, obviously, in the Maniac Cop franchise. And, uh, Eric, I believe you did a full rewatch of this series. Yes, I watched 1, 2, and 3 in preparation for the culmination of listener request month that's some dedication i've seen all of these movies i watched the first two ages ago yeah i i saw the first one a while ago and i was like oh bruce campbell's in it. i'll do that okay yeah, fine sold on groovy bruce and yeah he's in the first two and he's in the second one too and yeah, i, I, I stayed around for that one too and robert davy was in the second one as well and he comes back for this one beautiful passing of the torch between him and campbell <laughs> as protagonists <laughs> Uh, Handsome Bruce Campbell and stewed prune Robert Pr- Davy. <laughs> yeah, he's a guy who's been angry since the womb, huh? Well, you know, because he's like the grizzled detective, and you know, Bruce Campbell's the the idealistic patrolman. With, but I mean, he he looks grizzled, I suppose. But like, he always he also looks like he's supposed to be like snapping his fingers every once in a while. Yeah, like, he, he looks like he could, be, he could be like a Bing Crosby, like ba 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 ba. Hey, baby, baby, many well, a cop, ba 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 ba. But he's just Italian. <laughs> Well, he did direct that movie where it was that very thing. It was him, Chaz Palminteri, and Peter Bogdanovich as, like, lounge singers. Uh, 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 Called uh. the Dukes, I believe. Oh, my God. Count me <laughs> out. Sign me up. <laughs> that Peter Bogdanovich, man. He's great. He's a wild man. Uh, so this movie starts yeah. with uh, a little bit of a scroll. There's a preamble. And I was, I was like, wait. John Larkett's going to say something. <laughs> Wait, come on. I wish. Why would he say something? Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh, man. Okay, right. <laughs> I was like, come on, do it. Do it. Because it's like all like, 
what's uh, Cord- Matt Cordell was a cop and he was a good cop, but then somebody framed him. Blah, 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 and he became he maniac, a maniac cop. cop. <laughs> well, he, to be clear, he went to prison. Right? Am I yes, getting this right? Matt, he did. Officer Matt Cordell went to prison because he didn't play by the rules. He was a goddamn hero cop. That's what he was. Yeah, that's he what he was. was. <laughs> he put a lot of men behind bars, and then he got too close to those in power down by City Hall. Oh, man. And then guess what? You're taking the fall now because you didn't. You, you, you weren't going to turn. I'm, I'm guessing this is about bribery at the end of the day or kickbacks <laughs> or something. He it's gets, always about kickbacks. Yeah, I guess so. They, they set him up. They send him... Uh, I guess to Rikers. Yeah. He and, goes to the tombs. And they uh, they slash his face apart in a shower. Yeah, that's what happens. And then we get this thing in this. There's a flashback in this dies. movie. <laughs> he, he, he does dies. die. And then he becomes a maniac. Cop. And then there's a flashback in this movie where he runs through a prison brick wall. Yeah, well, at some point he became Jason Voorhees in the afterlife. That's what this... Essentially, that's what these movies are. He's Jason Voorhees dressed up as a police officer. Which is pretty great. It is pretty great. It's like Jason with some authority. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we're talking about Maniac Cop and Matt Cordell here, but really, he's an afterthought in this movie. This, yeah, and this is what I wanted to bring up. Continuing our tradition of doing horror sequels, uh, franchises that are absent of the franchise figure... You know, we did Halloween 3, and Michael Myers, Myers is nowhere to be found. Uh, we did Friday the 13th 5, A New Beginning, where it's some dude playing Jason. This movie is very much Maniac Cop without Maniac Cop. I mean, he's around, but he's not really around. I mean, he's doing the killing, which, don't get me wrong, I'm, you know... That's what we're all here you're for. You're giving me what I want. Yeah. Thank you for that. But... Uh, like as far as him coming back and what his motives are as a supernatural killing machine, right? He it doesn't really matter. He's just killing people that the audience doesn't like. Well, because his <laughs> killing had purpose before in the other movies. Because in the first one, he's trying to get back at the police force for for what happened to him, and then the second one, he's he gets back at the prisoners who 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 cut up his face, and uh, in this one. It's just for for some reason. Well, he's a hired gun. Well, he's resurrected by the, in in a voodoo mass. Right. So <laughs> let's get into it. After the scroll, which you're totally right, Chris. If you have a scroll in your movie, someone better be saying something because I'm just watching. It might as well be you an FBI what? warning. What about Star Wars? Well, there's not. That's the thing. Somebody should be saying something. You're right, Star Wars. Somebody should be saying something like a James Earl Jones or a John Larroquette, or there's a triumphant John Williams score. Uh, Not silence as this fucking thing rolls I by. Want but Maniac I'm- Cop to be scored by John Williams. <laughs> oh, what an epic <laughs> Maniac Cop entry that would be. He spat on that offer. What are you fucking talking about? John Williams doesn't know that there's a movie called Maniac Cop 3. No idea that there was ever any other movies besides Spielberg. On uh, just uh, another word on these scrolls is that if you're going to like talk about like the world is dying and like or a country is on the brink or something like that, then you want your James Earl Jones. Oh, I was gonna say, are you talking about Maniac Cop? Because I missed that fucking. No, no, that's the difference between the John Larroquette scroll and the James Earl Jones scroll. Okay, I see what you're like, saying. Like personal misery and cutting up of people's. <laughs> that's Larroquette's. That's, that's his wheelhouse. I see. 
How much do you think he got paid for? I think didn't there's, there's some rumor John Larroquette got paid in weed for that movie. <laughs> I have no idea. Which is so fucking great. I love that. I'd believe it though. I, I, would I wouldn't be it. surprised. Uh, and it right. wasn't much. <laughs> was it? It wasn't a lot of weed, and it was kind of some of that skunk weed. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was shake. It was, it was all shake. Yeah, yeah. It was mostly seeds and sticks. <laughs> oh, wow. I came all the way down to this Texas recording studio for some seeds. Thanks a lot, Toby. I'm supposed to roll this? Really? You want me to roll a seed? So, yeah. All right. So let's get into it. This is, this is very much the weekend at Bernie's 2 of the Maniac Cop franchise. And this movie came out a year or two before Weekend at Bernie's 2. But basically, right, we start after the silence scroll. We start in... Oh, maybe that was the badge of silence. The scroll. (laughs) Oh, that's what it is. Because it's literally nowhere else in this movie. Because it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no (laughs) damn sense. So we start off, it's kind of finally Matt Cordell's funeral. uh, And we're cutting between that and... Which I think is actually recycled shots from the end of the the, the, uh, second movie. Does he jump out of the... Well, no, in this movie where he jumps out of the grave. Oh, well, no, there was a... The second one starts with the end footage from the first one. They they all recycled because I believe in the end of the second one, there's there's a shot of the coffin with his hand coming out like... It's good. There's, there'll probably be a sequel. These oh, things yeah. like to set up sequels. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> and all these movies, you know, second and third, right. do so many flashbacks that are just recycled footage from the other films. Which is the that is the laziest way to make a fucking horror sequel. I'm looking at you, Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. Oh yeah, big time. But like, and keep in mind, this these running times are only like 80 minutes or so. Yeah, they're so really just re- grasping at straws for a story here. It's just padding. And, and also, but keep in this is also a, a Jason issue. Why are you burying the zombie? <laughs> Why aren't you burning the body of the maniac cop zombie? Right. Why are you bear? I understand because he was a, a good he, Christian he's man. A cop, he he's just... a hero cop. I get it, <laughs> but still, he also went on a huge rampage and killed a bunch of people after resurrecting twice. Yeah, but he's human and he deserves. A no, human... he's not human. He's dead. He, he, he deserves a burial. He shouldn't be buried on American soil, goddammit. <laughs> you, you should f- flip that critter out to sea like they did to Osami bin Laden. I will be good and goddamned if he ain't sent back to Russia and buried in that dirty, cold Russian soil. Look, just put him in a huge Doritos bag, go out to <laughs> Canadian waters, and throw him overboard. Then I'm happy. Just like I did to my first wife. Man, I would attend Maniac Cop's funeral if that's how he was being buried in a giant Dorito bag. I'd be like, well, no. this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. No, because he's going to come back. And then he's going to want to get to the bottom of that bag. It's going to be like that shitty, uh, the, the shitty remake of Godzilla where the Godzilla's going underwater. Oh, Jesus. Slowly to New York. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, will just, I will just say this for our listeners out there. Summer Blockbuster 2013. <laughs> That's all I'll say. So this this voodoo guy, nobody's seen him before. He's not in the other movies. And he just, as we learn, kind of just likes resurrecting people. It makes yeah. not a lick of sense. We haven't seen this guy before. He's just standing there. He's just making these, like, these weird... He's stabbing a head. 
There's a head of some sort of vagrant that is not the maniac cop head, which I thought it was at first. But this dude's conducting this spell, and we're cross-cutting back and forth between the dude doing this this seance or whatever, this this spell casting, and the funeral. And so we put it together. Okay, for whatever reason, this dude's resurrecting maniac cop. Like, all right, here we go. Uh, and he says this big, long spell, jams a knife in this other person's skull, and maniac cop's eyeballs open up. He bursts the hand out. And this is the footage from the end of the second movie. The hand bursts out and he doesn't he grabs the badge. Yes, and then that's it. And then that's all they show. But now they like they filmed an extended more shots for that scene of him actually now ascending from the grave. Yeah. Right. It takes fucking ten minutes of him like cutting back between these two things and then them just strolling the streets. Well, it takes a while to cast a spell. There's, there is a lot of maniac cop just walking around in broad fucking daylight. There's in this one movie. shot of him just standing in the middle of the cemetery, just standing there well, he's for a cop. no reason. He can do whatever he wants, but he clearly has the face of a monster. He's New York's finest. <laughs> Get it through your head. Look, if you see a gigantic, like Jason-sized mutated pig man. You're going to do something about it. You're not going to look and be like, look at that monster. Oh, you know what? He's behind the, the blue line. Look <laughs> at that uniform. His face is actually getting to that um, Jason Voorhees undead phase. It's really. the same thing. They ripped that hockey mask off in part seven. He looks like a reptilian. Looks like it's about to harden. It's so shitty. I mean. Oh, yeah, that was pretty bad. That's worse than Mania Cops. It is. <laughs> Mania Cops been slashed up and then he's been burned and. Uh, and then he's been dead. Yeah, I mean, so it's 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 got a look to it. His what? face looks like the fucking ginger dead man, though. Whatever that movie was with Gary well, Busey. Is that the, the gingerbread man? <laughs> I thought it was the ginger dead man. There's a horror movie called The Ginger Dead Man, but there's also The Gingerbread Man with Kenneth Branagh and Gary Oldman. No, no, no. Film critic. What? The shitty horror movie where Gary Busey's soul. Oh, Gary Busey. I thought it said Gary, Gary Oldman. I thought no, no, Gary no, 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 Busey's no. soul went into a cookie. A, 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 a gingerbread cookie man. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, but he looks like a dead man's face? No, the fa- I mean, it's a shitty fucking oh, puppet. Oh, right, okay. You know, because he's got to move around and he's got a bunch of catchphrases. It's just like uh, that Jack Frost or Child's Play. Right, so it's it's a brown, crumply face instead of a gray, crumply face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the point I'm making. And the difference between him and Jason is, is that with Maniac Cop, at least I can tell where the eyes and the mouth are. <laughs> Yeah. Where Jason, it could be anywhere. The eyeball could be in the back of the head. This uh, this voodoo ritual that's going on is also another opportunity for them to just stroll through all that footage from the other movies. Because he's like, oh, maniac cop, you were uh, pretty good at being a maniac cop. You did this, and you did this. <laughs> all your achievements, maniac cop. And it's just all the murders, all the getting set on fire. He gets set on fire in every movie. He's just torched. I think the people behind this movie, Larry Cohen, all these guys, I think they had stock in like a fire suit company. Well, because they're getting use out of the fire suits in all these movies, especially this one. And we'll get to why a little later. It looks surprisingly good. It does look good. But why do you need this many fire suit scenes? How many times are you going to burn this fucker? But also, uh, what's his name? Is it Robert Zarr? Yeah, Robert Zdar, Zdar, yeah, the guy who plays Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop, the actor. Um, like he, in the first one, he didn't look 
too bad. Like, he kind of looked weird, but he didn't look too bad, like, as far as just, like, his eyeballs. But, like, this is where he's in, like, this is about the same time as Tango and Cash, where he's just got that face. I forgot he's in there. He is in there. I was going to say, the first one is the worst because you can mostly see his face. Yeah. (laughs) But he got, like, the, the bajillion drugs face. Oh, with is that Tango what that and face is? And, uh, and this. Right. I think he naturally has a really giant face. Oh, he does. Uh, it's it's <laughs> pretty then big, I'm sure no, no matter what. Things might have added to it over the course of time. Sure. Right. You know, you get a little older. You've just been reprising this maniac cop role over the years. You know. Yeah, we all get puffier. Yeah, it's the sands of time. Uh, so we're introduced to Robert Davi in this movie. He's back from the second one. He's at a firing range. Uh, and this is where we're, you know, we meet his like younger female cop buddy. I guess there's kind of like a father daughter thing going on here. He, he calls, he refers to her as like a younger sister type. That's right. Yeah. Um, and like, this is, the, by the way, this is the movie. <clears throat> yes, this is the plot of this movie. So, right. So basically, this, uh, this Kate Sullivan uh, is a cop and she goes on a call. And it's Jackie Earl Haley robbing a pharmacy. And uh, basically there's like a shootout and we'll get into it now. So it's basically like, well, yeah, ro- go ahead. Jack or- Jackie Earl Haley's robbing this pharmacy. And initially two cops do come to try to stop him and he just guns them down like instantly. Yeah, he's got a yeah. shotgun. And he's and he gets gets into the back room where all the drugs are happening and then... He starts happening those drugs. It's like a real fucking like Ponderosa all you can eat buffet with these drugs. Yeah. He's popping but, who knows what. But he's, I mean, he's like he's morphine? mixing the macaroni and cheese with the chicken wings and the green beans oh, he's got with zips the jello. He's like he's taking everything this place wait, wait, wait. has to offer. He's uh he's he's John Belushi at a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> I would like it if don't know much about history while well, he's shooting up biology. in the middle of this pharmacy. <laughs> he's Man. just shooting morphine into his neck in that song. That's playing. so true. He doesn't know much about biology or history. Look, he's, he's a degenerate. Yeah, he he's, doesn't know uh, much about biology, about how his heart's about to explode. He's just looking. He's like, oh, look, zips, reds, blues, caps, pops, uppers, downers, low blows. Like, he's going through all these things. And then, yeah, the, the fucking piece de resistance of his drug binge is a big old morphine injection into his neck. And then, and, and then he slurps jello off a plate. <laughs> and then, anyway, so Kate Sullivan is now, you goddamn hero cops coming down to save this problem. Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, she can't, he's behind bulletproof glass. Like he, They have a brief shootout. He gets behind into the way back of the pharmacy. Which I haven't, you know, I've been to a lot of pharmacies in my day. Never seen one that's uh, behind bulletproof glass. But I guess if it's in like, a ba- Old I've, New York. I, I mean, I've been to bad liquor stores where there's bulletproof yes. glass everywhere. Or a liquor store in a bad neighborhood, I should clarify. That's some weird shit. You're like, hey, can I get this $7 bottle of whiskey? And someone has to rotate it around a bulletproof turnstile. Yeah, I mean, if they have those for like, because they have those in like bodegas too. Right. So if you're doing that to protect some, I don't know, like Parliament Slims. <laughs> It makes sense that you would also do it for the morphine and the Adderall and whatever the fuck else That's is back true. there. So she's trying to get down now from the roof into this this bulletproof box. And this is a great moment because she just walks on the skylight. 
and she falls <laughs> through the glass. It looks like it's a complete accident, yeah, which is I, interesting. I don't know if she's ready for what she's about to do or what, but she just falls through this thing. Kind of lands on Jackie or O'Haley, but not really. And, uh, you know, there's a big standoff. He grabs a hostage who's working there, and there's a big thing. She kills Jackie, or shoots Jackie O'Haley, excuse me, shoots him. He goes down, and she's, like, talking to the hostage, like, it's cool, you know, I'm here now, you're safe, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you shot him! And it's like, whoa, twist, man. She's in it with Jackie Earl Haley. Uh And so she draws the gun, and this chick, Kate, turns around and blows this chick's brains out. After getting shot herself by She also gets shot. Uh, So then what we also have going on in this scene is we're introduced to two hilarious tabloid journalists who just, I guess... I guess this is a thing. Freelance video journalists that just drive around with a video camera listening to a police scanner and they like wait for the big cases to pop up, the ones that the networks pay like juicy money for. But this is, is uh, yeah, but this is more of like this, <laughs> this is journalism. Well, this yeah. is what it fucking is. It's just a bunch of people who hate people. <laughs> Yeah, these guys have no regard for humanity. It's like whatever makes the best fucking story. Folks at home, we're not kidding here because in this scene, one of these journalists actually pray for misfortune to befall people (laughs) so that they could get a better scoop. Everything is better, like if there's a kid in danger, like all that shit. And actually, Robert Davey very classily pushed them off his crime scene, um, telling them there was good action somewhere else. And that crime scene was the body of that of that head that voodoo head that was being tinkered on, and it's got a smiley face painted into the ground where the head should be. I think that's a gag, like on the police department's part. Oh, it's not like a, a voodoo, right? No. Well, the what he realizes is the voodoo part of it. Well, he doesn't realize anything because he's a, Robert Davi and he's a terrible detective in this movie. But there's there's feathers and like chicken bones and shit well, in the next. There's stuff. chicken feet. I oh, think, feet. You're right. I think they might have shoved the whole chicken in this guy. <laughs> Just head first, shoving a chicken down his neck. Yeah, there's Straight. that. There's that shot of Robert David just like playing with the chicken finger. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we are in a world where where a maniac cop comes back from the dead. Conceivably, you could shove a chicken down someone's decapitated throat, <laughs> throat, or, throat husk, I mean, bo- uh, body, crevice. <laughs> yeah, I think neck hole. Neck, neck hole is what you want. Oh, to go right, with. right. Because people say they shit down neck holes. <laughs> yes. I'll shit sure. down your neck. Yeah, that's a. Oh yeah, that's yeah. A common I one. guess it's just the neck. Yeah, I guess you just open up a neck. Yeah, all right, we got to open the neck. One. <laughs> We're better detectives than Robert Davi is, by the way. So yeah, he's at the crime scene of this homeless guy, and the voodoo guy is sitting right there playing dumb, and he's like, "Uh, hey, did you see what went down here?" And this guy starts spouting off all this crazy guy shit. He's like, "Oh, I see all. I see beyond what you see. I see into the heavens and all this shit." And Robert Davi's like, "All right, well, this guy can't possibly be a suspect because he's crazy," and kind of just leaves the crime scene. I think was it the guy? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> he's playing it real cool. That's what he, he's so cocky. Yeah. He's like, oh, no one's ever going to suspect this crazy homeless what, guy. What, what is Robert Davey doing? Being the world's worst detective in yes. this movie. He's fucking heinous at this job. He's got this shitty hat. And like he always has shitty hats in, these, in, in movies. I've always noticed this about Robert Davey. I have. Is that he has these shitty ass hats just to 
make himself what he thinks is cool. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. Maybe directors think he would look better like that. I think it's an acting decision. Robert, we want you to put this hat on. I won't do it. I want to put this hat on. (laughs) Well, as long as you cover it up. So he gets the call that uh, Kate's been shot, and he goes to the hospital. And get ready to spend some time in this hospital, by the way, because it's kind of most of this movie. It's sort of like Halloween 2. It's sort of like visiting hours. We're just horror movie in a hospital once again, because this hasn't been done to death. It's really uh, boring. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly is. You know what? Say what you will about it. It's convenient for the victims. It's true. <laughs> Or it's convenient for Maniac Cop because there's just all these sitting ducks around. Well, But honestly, if you ever want to assault me, maybe threaten my life, potentially kill me, do it in a hospital. I guess. I mean, <laughs> that, that, it, it, yeah, you're right. Convenience. I like that. Yeah. So Maniac Cop, meanwhile, uh, you know, again, just strolling around in public. Uh, he's By the way, this movie... This is a good point to bring this up because there is a scene where Maniac Cop walks across what is clearly the L.A. River, okay? L.A. River, famous from Grease, Terminator 2, a million other movies. He's walking under, you know, the the overpass through the L.A. River. This movie is supposed to take place in New York City. I know the first one definitely is filmed on location in New York. I'm not sure about the second one, but I think so. This third one... They make no effort to say that this is New York City or to show that this is New York City. They say it's New York City up and down the fucking board. But this is just Los Angeles. But like every every scene takes place at night, so who cares? Exactly. But if that's the case, there's even one shot. There's like an exterior. It's supposed to be like the Manhattan skyline. All you have to do, this is 1993, everybody. All you have to do is show me an exterior that has the World Trade Center in it. Yep. That's all you have to do. Okay, everybody, we're in New York. That's the end of that. Right. Every episode of fucking Sports Night, soundstage in, in California somewhere. Oh, what's that? Opening credits, World Trade Center, boom, we're in New York City. Yeah. Friends, same thing. They make no effort to get any kind of B-roll from New York City. How Why lazy not, is that shit? How about shit? recycle the establishing shots from the first movie? Because you've done it with everything else. No, 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 no. We only recycle the gore. 
Yeah. Everything else we got to whip up from scratch. There Borrow be- it from somebody else. Buy somebody else's B-roll. Yeah, it doesn't have to be stuff you buy. People sell B-roll all the time. That's why it's B-roll. Just fucking go out there and get it. So this is where this, this movie is frustrating. I'm and, sorry. And take out the trash while you're doing it. <laughs> and this is where this movie now hears the twist. Mm-hmm. Ooh, They're in night. the uh, hospital, and all the television radios are on, and it turns out that Jackie Earl Haley, after doing all these fucking drugs... Killing two police officers. Killing two police officers, getting shot three times in the chest. <laughs> he is he survived A. Yeah. And is B now suing the department because of what? Because of uh I believe it's some sort of excessive force thing. She's also using uh like a semi automatic weapon that is not police issue whatsoever. That's, That's I think the bigger thing. It's a it's a great scene uh with a, a kind of fair, favorite character actor of mine, Grand L. Bush. Uh he's been in a million things, including the first two Lethal Weapons, oh, the yeah. first Die Hard and Demolition Man. Well he's with Robert uh Davi in Die Hard. Yes, that's right. Oh, that's so weird. The FBI agents. The FBI agent in Die Hard, yes. So so Grand Al Bush in this movie meets Robert Davi for some Chinese food. And he's sort of like in the upper brass of the police department. And he's just like telling him how this chick's just fucked. You know, and he's like, uh, you know, she had this gun. It's not standard issue. And there's a great line where he's like, uh, you know, she knows that. You know that. Scumbag knows that. It's fucking great. He just refers to Jackie Earl Haley as scumbag. It's so fantastic. My, at this point, the news article, the news has played the footage of uh, that these the scumbag uh, journalists have taken. Yeah, these other edited, scumbags. They've like edited it to show, right. or like didn't get the good vantage point, and it looks like that she's just gunning down. The hostage in cold blood for who cares? Yeah, it's clearly edited, and I think it's Ted Ramey as the newscaster. He, Ted Ramey one of them, is yeah. the news reporter. Yeah, but it, you're right, Eric. So that's the thing: is these news, uh, these news camera guys, these news crew dudes, they they do make mention of editing the footage to make it look a little more sensational. You know, get those get those dollar dollar bills, y'all. Mm, yeah, you got to. You, really you have got, to. You, you got to really keep got working to. that working that fucking money, man. You really got to. <laughs> But so that's why she's kind of her career's going up in smoke now because everybody thinks she just gunned down this innocent chick uh, and Jackie O'Haley without being provoked. Ted Ramey has my favorite line in this, in that he refers to the incident as a black rainbow of terror. <laughs> that's right. Way too drum. What are you, fucking Fox News? (laughs) Well, those do, you know, New York City, those will pop up every once in a while. Black rainbows of terror. Yes. (laughs) I'm standing outside LaRue's Pharmacy at 125th Street in Lexington during an event which can only be described as a black rainbow of terror. I guess Matt Cordell, the uh, maniac cop, is maybe drawn to, to her because she... Was a hero cop that's being set up the sent yes. up the river just like he was. Yes, you're exactly right. So while after Maniac Cop hilariously walks across the L.A. River, he makes his way to the church where the voodoo guy is hanging out, and the voodoo guy is like, "You're probably wondering why I called you here, Maniac Cop." 
Truth is, I don't really know because this is a shitty movie. And so, <laughs> like, your guess is good as mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, he explains to Maniac Cop, like, I can't bring just anybody back from the dead. Your soul has to be willing to become a zombie. Keep that in mind for later. <laughs> and so he like Maniac Cops got this baton where like he can pull the handle off and there's a knife there. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you want to kill me, Maniac Cop? That's cool. But I bet uh, you want to hang around and see what cool killing missions I can put you on. So then the radio is on and this story comes over the radio about what happened to her. So Maniac Cop gets pissed off and he set out to... And this is Maniac Cop's mission in this movie uh, to get revenge on all the people that he believes helped set up this police officer. Because, yeah, it's just he is having some crazy PTSD flashbacks right now. This is exactly what happened to him. He tried to fight on the side for good and he got fucked over by the establishment. It's like if Jason Voorhees saw some other kid be left to drown and was just like, hey, come on. But it's not like he even, like, it's like he feels who's involved. Like, he's, like, communicating with some other side. Yeah, you're oh, right. Yeah, um, he's been to the other side. I suppose so. Well, you're right, though, because there's no way Maniac Cop can know the people involved in this oh case. God. The devil's helping him. It's probably yeah, the devil. You're, probably you're right. right. It's usually him. <laughs> um, and there's also this really weird and, like, highly sexualized, uh, like, it's like a general hospital thing. Like they're all like the um, one of the surgeons who's working on Kate. Yes, uh, starts up a kind of a thing with Robert Davy, or is it Davy or Davy? I always said Davy. I I don't know what it is. Eh, whatever. One you of guys us, keep saying it your way. I'll say it my way, and, and maybe he'll write us a letter. One of us will be ignorant at the end of the day. <laughs> um, well, probably three of us. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, but there's also this he's my favorite character in the movie there's this other doctor oh this guy's the biggest <laughs> douchebag and he's uh, he's like trying to hit on everybody uh, Robert Davi comes up to him and is like so how how's Kate doing how's he's like uh, she's uh, yeah, she, she's done she's out of here and then he says this stick her in a rock garden stick her in a rock garden <laughs> are you serious how about some bedside manner you're a fucking physician it makes no sense. He would have been fired immediately. I couldn't believe this. Out of all the ridiculous things that I've already seen in this movie, this was the most shocking. I was like, I can't believe a doctor's acting like this. And you know rock gardens aren't zoned to store corpses. <laughs> no. That needs to be in a proper grave, six feet deep. I mean, a, a body is like how many rocks? Like at least two dozen. Oh, that's how Captain Kirk was buried. That's actually a pretty good death. Well, you know, rock garden, he means cemetery, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because... You never heard someone call a cemetery a rock garden or a rock farm? Not in my life. Really? No, yeah, that's no. what he's talking... He's, he's saying, Dude, you know, wait, put her he, in the ground. Does he... Wait, rocks grow out of cemeteries? Yes. <laughs> and that's what tombstones are? Yeah, you didn't know that? That's, that's how he's going to blossom into a boulder? I planted a bunch of tombstone seeds this week. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the expression, rock garden, cemetery. He's saying oh, just, okay. just cut the cord and barrier because oh. she's brain dead. Well, you because it sounded so weird to me when I heard it. I was just like, a rock garden? <laughs> can't believe you never heard that, that turn of phrase before. Well, you you well, just think a pile of pebbles? I thought it was like, uh, like uh, a garden in Japan or, <laughs> or maybe New Mexico. 
I would like to see someone else finally be buried like Captain Kirk or Curly in fucking City Slickers. <laughs> they do. They just pile a bunch of rocks on Jack Palance. Both and that's the end of both yeah. are American heroes. <laughs> You're absolutely never right. forget. Uh, the woman who's been shot this this Kate character who's in this coma. She we see like a a flashback or no it's a dream sequence that she has oh my god this is just out of nowhere like this character's in a coma she's not a character in this movie why do we have to see her dreams but it's basically like she walks in and something like out of the i will do anything for love music video (laughs) all this like shitty blue lighting and like white curtains are flapping everywhere kind of november rain yeah it's yeah it's november (laughs) rain situation and she's like walking down this aisle and there's only cops in this church and you're like all right that's weird and she gets to the altar and she's about to marry maniac cop it's a ghost wedding it's amazing It's so ridiculous. She looks all pale and weird, and there's Maniac Cop there at the altar. Why is she being... Why is her soul being tethered to Maniac Cop in this ghost dream, though? Well, also because, and we'll get to this later, she is Bride of Maniac Cop. She is Bride of Maniac Cop to a degree, although it ain't so successful. Well, no. As we'll learn. It's also, but, it's, it's, it's not consensual, really. It's just an arranged marriage by the devil, I guess. <laughs> and also, somebody at some point says she has the nickname of Maniac Kate. Yes, because, and that's what's weird, too, is they're like, oh, this cop's hard on crime. Much like that lunatic maniac cop we all remember. <laughs> She's not uh, taking kickbacks and eating hot dogs all day like me. <laughs> Yeah, that, so that's, she's a maniac. Yeah. She likes to arrest people for a living. <laughs> what, what a what a crazy person. <laughs> but but that's something like I need to see. Like if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna like make somebody is like a really like a tough ass cop. Like well, other than the pharmacy scene, like that's, the, that's them trying to show you that, I guess. But I mean, even that, she's just kind of a. Other than the gun. She's just kind of doing what a co- a good cop would do. Maniac Kate, I need to see some like uh, some kind of questionable shits going well, no, on. No, 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 no. That's because that's the thing is it's so corrupt that you know doing bad things is oh that's just a normal cop. Hey, it's Joey, and then <laughs> doing being a good cop is just like get out of here, you nut. So this is a nickname that's given to her by other corrupt cops. Yeah, because <laughs> the whole force is tainted. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah, I could I could get down on that. So what's great is so Maniac Cop gets to this hospital and he's standing outside just looking up at this thing like, all right, I'm about to take on this whole hospital. And the, I, I don't know if he's like a homeless guy or what this dude's deal I is. I think like, he's just like a like a like a, a just an asshole on the street. You yeah, know? he is just he's just an asshole. <laughs> and he comes up to Maniac Cop like from behind and he's like, hey. I hear this is the hospital where they're keeping that maniac Kate. If you ask me, she finally got what she deserved. All these pigs around here, blah, blah, blah. And he goes on to say, like, oh, ain't ain't the Wild West, you bunch of funny cowboys. (laughs) So, hilariously, this is the best death in this movie. Maniac Cop picks this dude up by one hand and chucks him and then draws his firearm and fucking blows this dude away in midair. He plays skeet with a person. (laughs) Yeah, he's it's like, incredible. It's like the old West. You shoot, you throw a can up, and you shoot it. This is my problem with the premise of what Maniac Cop is, though. Like Maniac Cop's got a couple of different killing methods here and there, but his favorite method of killing is his trusty revolver. 
Now, I get this is supposed to be New York City. Like, this franchise is New York City from, like, the late 80s into the early 90s. And, yeah, it was a kind of a bad town, whatever. You can't tell me that outside a hospital, this dude can let off, like, six rounds into this guy's chest and no one's coming outside to take a look at what's going on? Somebody's po- po- poking their head out the window. And someone is going to look out and be like, I just heard six shots rattle off into the night. What is going on outside? Well, you know, down in old New York, people just uh, didn't care too much. You remember that old fable at the start of The Watchmen by Alan Moore? <laughs> about that girl that gets murdered and no one cares? Yeah, that's like... That's like yeah, this maniac Kate. It's all the same. <laughs> well, this isn't, this isn't like New York City with like fucking Bill the Butchers walking around. <laughs> we have laws. No, nope. someone's gonna give a shit. Robert Davy, maybe, <laughs> but he wasn't. He wasn't around. So the first uh, like instance of uh, in hospital murdering is great. It's this dickhead surgeon again, and we meet back up with this dude. He's like going down on a nurse. In the doctor's break room? Oh, he's looking for the man in the boat. <laughs> yeah, well, he's found it and took sail. <laughs> and then Video Cop just interrupts him. Worst cock block. Just bangs on the door. Yeah, Maniac Cop would have made a terrible college roommate. <laughs> the like, worst wingman. It's it's really stupid, too. Like, they cut to this woman, and they're like, her head's cocked back, and she's in ecstasy. And then, like, there's the pounding on the door, and she ignores it. And then, like, this dude just stands up, and you're like, oh, that's what's going on? <laughs> Thanks, Maniac Cop 3, badge of silence. So the dude puts, like, all his clothes on, like, what the fuck's going on around here? And he just opens this door, and... This is pretty awesome. Maniac Cop's got the defibrillator paddles, and he's just hitting him with it. He's paneling him to death. And it's so great because he's dragging the cart behind him. Or, like, the box. He's trying to carry. Like, listen, killing someone with defibrillator paddles is not a really great way to kill someone. Can you see him dragging this thing around? He's chasing the guy down the hallway. It's practical. And then, also, they go up to the roof, and he's still dragging (laughs) that machinery. Exactly. He's carrying this box with him and he, the guy ends up on like this like uh metal grate and he like you know a maniac cop like electrocutes the grate and yes. to, to finally finish him yes and the dude he goes off the roof yes no he panels him to the face oh like i guess he falls forward and then uh well the, he die he gets like he the gets hurt on the grid, really but bad then... <laughs> let's just say he gets hurt then really they just bad panel him to the face he's like his brain electrocutes so this this other doctor, the doctor that Robert Davies like got a crush on, why is she walking around in the hospital basement? I don't remember how she gets to this point, but she runs into a fella that looks exactly like Bob Marley, which is hilarious. Well, she sees Maniac Cop uh, yes. finishing off Meyerson, uh, the pervert the, the doc. Shitty doctor, yeah. Uh, and she's like, she goes to follow him, and then, yeah, just... A, this Maniac- Bob Marley look like is just down there. I think he's supposed that- to be like a janitor or something. Yes, he is supposed to be a janitor. He's actually been in a lot of movies. Oh, really? Uh, for, and the only one I can think of right now is Only the Strong. What's which, that? It's a movie about kids doing capo- Brazilian capoeira in <laughs> Miami. Nice. It's a it's a stay tuned. Oh, it's nice. Oh, That's okay. perfect. Yeah. 
fodder. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so he, she runs into this dude, and this guy, like, knows her by name. Like, he's just like, oh, Dr. Fowler, what are you doing down here? I'm like, this janitor doesn't know this doctor's name. And, you know, she's like, oh, I was just following somebody. And he's like, these tunnels, you, all these pipes around here, it's pretty dangerous. Get out of here. But Maniac Cop knows where he's going. And somehow, and this is, this is clearly never explained. This basement of this hospital somehow leads the tunnels go around and he's kind of in the sewer at some point and he gets back to the church as his like home base. It's actually, this is a lot like Die Hard 2. Maniac cops set up in this abandoned church not too far away from the hospital or airport where he's supposed to be raining all this terror. Interesting. It's also a lot like the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Man, I would love to see Ninja Turtles having to go up against Maniac Cop. They don't understand that like a cop is capable of being bad, so they're having trouble fighting him. They just can't bring themselves to do it. It's the same era of New York, too. It is. These hey, characters- want some pizza? Snaps their neck. <laughs> Man, I, I know it would be a tragedy for every child on Earth, but if you just saw a Ninja Turtle get fucking <laughs> murdered... Like a maniac cop, just a swift neck break. He gangs Donatello through the head. <laughs> and then Shredder could be like, finally, thanks to maniac cop, I can have my turtle soup. <laughs> You've done well, maniac cop. Now go hang, have a cigarette with Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> the bus to Dimension X leaves in 45 minutes. <laughs> you're going to want to know... <laughs> If you're getting off at the first stop in Dimension X, you're, go- you're going to want to be in the front of the Technodrome for where the doors open. They will not open in the back. <laughs> Maniac cops just like sending pieces of Leonardo to Splinter. <laughs> what a tragic end for the turtles. <laughs> Michael Bay, if you're listening. <laughs> This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies.
Uh, so out of nowhere, Paul Gleason and Robert Forster just waltz into this movie. For what? Because Maniac Cop has to have people to kill. And I guess, I guess uh, William Lustig was like, hey, character actors I've known from the 70s and 80s, come be in this shitty sequel of mine. But I, I feel like you're backloading your movie. Like Robert, <laughs> da- like Robert Davey. Beats out Robert Forrester and yeah. fucking Paul Gleason? No way. Well, no way. Maybe in 1993. Maybe. I don't, I don't know, know, man. Because, like, what? Well, I guess because he had just been. Isn't this right when he does the Bond villain? Who? Robert da- Davy. Oh, which one is that? License, License to, to Kill? kill? No. Nah, mm, I'll have to check in with the internet on that. But. Yeah. I guess the only reason why is because Robert Davi's got the he's grandfathered in from that second movie. Yeah, I suppose right. that's Robert true. Forster and and Paul Gleason aren't in the other movies. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, License to Kill, by the way, is eighty nine, so he'd, he'd been in that already. Um, but also, there's a great line where um, uh, so after Myerson the pervert doctor gets gets killed, um, Robert Davi and the doctor, the female doctor, are upstairs and they're talking. And she's like, how, how do you get through it? Like, when, when you have a bad day, like, I don't know how to deal with this. How do you get through it? And he says the way he gets through it is with a pint of ice cream and whipped cream. <laughs> Robert Dobby, what are you, a Kathy cartoon? <laughs> I just love, I, I, I would love. You got lo- the best metabolism in the world. <laughs> I would just love that scene, like a, a Lethal Weapon-esque scene where he comes home, turns on the blues music, he, like, lights a cigarette, throws his jacket down and then like you think he's going for the you know vodka and he just got ben and jerry's he starts spooning it out (laughs) it's the least hard-edged thing a detective can do ever so paul gleason is robert forster is some sort of hospital administrator is that correct and paul gleason's like the insurance guy it's very confusing there they have some sway over well robert forster has sway over whether or not um, Kate's, Kate is going to be taken off life support. Right, whether or not they pull the plug. And Paul Gleason is like trying to be like, uh, hey, so you're probably going to pull the plug on her, right? I think he's like the hospital administrator that's worried about like how much money it's costing the hospital to keep Kate alive, essentially. Well, uh, I think he, uh, Paul Gleason also might be from like uh, the New York State government because... He's like, this city's going to, like, you know, go crazy over this, you know, uh, the cops taking liberties and whatever. Right. I thought uh, he was from Dimension X. It's possible. <laughs> he does, uh, hi, he Paul does. Gleason, Dimension X. <laughs> see what's going on over here. There's some bullshit thing where he's like, uh, like, uh, Robert Forster's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll pull the plug. Don't worry about it. Uh, but say, I've got some family coming to town, and they're pretty big New York Knickerbocker fans. <laughs> and Paul Gleason's just like, oh, yeah, 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 no problem. How's this sound? Center court, front row, right next to Pat Riley. And I'm just like, oh, my God. God, are you serious <laughs> right now? The catch is, it's actually another Dimensions Knicks game. <laughs> So it's, it's not loop. your early '90s semi dynasty Knicks. No, it's the Dimension X Knicks. So yeah. one, one of the one of the guys is a squid. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Riley's just a parakeet. 
It's the monsters from Space Jam. (laughs) Are the New York Knicks in this Dimension X? It's the best. So Robert Forster gets x-rayed to death, by the way, which is fantastic. It's like, I thought he was just going to let it, like, stay there for a while and give him a tumor eventually. Cause, like, well, that might happen, right? It's like a microwave. It microwaves his face. He, somehow... He could get better. What? He could get better, maybe. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, his face is clearly melted off, though. He's going to be Maniac Hospital Administrator. God. That's a boring movie. Man, he kills that paperwork. <laughs> it's just a dude stabbing a file cabinet to death. Signing guy, a bunch of forms. Guy banging on his desk for five hours straight. <laughs> yeah, so Robert Forster encounters Maniac Cop at one point. Maniac Cop like gets him down on this table and straps him in and just turns on this x-ray machine. And he's found later on by a nurse or something. And his face is just gone. It's all like... <laughs> Bubbly. It kind of looks like um, when that dude in Ghost of the Machine gets stuck in his microwave kitchen. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, with all like his boils on his face and whatnot. Like that happened to Robert Forster. Like he's clearly dead. Oh, yeah. He's, he's up for the count. And now the reporters that we saw in the beginning, they're called out to some. They, they, they have like one of those uh, police scanners. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they hear about some big accident that happened in some side street somewhere. And the sweet spot is a kid was involved. Oh, and these yeah. dudes get huge fucking hard-ons and race to their car to get their camera equipment. And then they're driving there jerking each other off. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be so great. We get this footage of this dead kid. You ready, oh, shit. Ready. You straighten your tie. You straighten your tie. You're going to drive off the fucking road. Oh, they get to this place, and there's just this kid sitting there. Like, you would think there would be a mob scene. A kid has been killed. The cops and ambulance are already there, right. according to this thing. There's nobody there but this one kid. And he's right. sitting on this stoop, and he's just like, oh, yeah, my sister died. It's over there. <laughs> Go around this dark corner. <laughs> That's where the carnage is. It's, it's like in Goodfellas where Robert De Niro's like, no, go in there. Yeah, to no. Lorraine Bracco. No! <laughs> All the good coats. Just keep going. Just keep going. That's no, a, it's in there. It's in there. No, no, don't go away. Just that hand gesture. <laughs> yeah. That is a great scene. Oh, man. It's so terror- terrifying. Terrifying. That's so they round the corner, and there's this ambulance with all these dead ambulance attendants inside. I, I think the girl's dead, too. There's no girl. There's it's, no victim. There's the two ambulance drivers, the uh, second reporter, because only one had interviewed the kid. Oh, that's right, because the dude says, like, I have my camera. I'll talk to this kid. You go check around the corner. Yeah. So the dude, like, interviews this kid, like, you know, what happened, and he lays out this pretty lame story. And then, yeah, this other dude goes around the corner with the camera, and they're all dead, and Maniac Cop kills that guy. So what? Maniac Cop, who cannot talk <laughs> other than a grunt or, like, one word a movie, we said? He gets a sentence a movie, I believe, is what it is. Right, and I think it's... Three to four words tops. It's not an eloquent sentence. No, no, no. Very blunt. He laid out (laughs) a dense plan to kill these four people. Why is he... Two questions. Why is he enlisting the help of a child? And why is this kid cool with it? Did he enlist the help of this child? Like, the, the... Well... 
He had to. The kid Could he was have killed the people, and the kid's just like afraid, and he's just like, oh, "Stay there, guy, stay there." But he explains to him what happened, and it's a, a huge lie. He's like, "My sister was over there; she's dead," and all this stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he lays out this whole yeah, story, he had a, and it's just a bunch of phony baloney. Maniac Cop thought this through. Why does he have to be like a criminal mastermind now? Just fucking kill people. He just—he's a Jason. Like, and I—I I get it. If you just want to make like a Jason ripoff, I'm not really gonna get in your way because, hey, what works works. But the key difference between Maniac Cop movies and Jason movies, I guess, not technically this Maniac Cop movie necessarily, but like. Maniac Cop is patrolling the streets and he's out like in a city. So you've got all these people at all sorts of different places that Maniac Cop's like getting at folks. Whereas Jason, it's like, oh, you know, we're at the campgrounds. Oh, right. you know, we're like on a boat. Country mass and city mass. Yeah. <laughs> very, very much so. But so, one, Maniac Cop is walking all over the place killing all these people, which they should have just put him in the hospital. The hospital, fine. He can go yeah. hog wild. It's in one central location. You don't have anything to worry about. This movie, he's killing people he can have no possible idea are involved in this whole thing. Maniac Cop has no idea who those cameramen are, yet somehow he knows not only how to bait them to come to a crime scene, but he knows that there's such sleazeball journalists that if he makes up a story about a kid getting killed, they will come there. Or maybe he wanted to kill more cops and thought it, the the radio thing would bring more cops, not necessarily these journalists. But, but still, this is a distinctly thought-through plan. And the yeah. man has no brain activity. It kind of makes no, yeah, it kind of makes no sense. But you know, maybe maybe his friend the devil was helping again. Also, something that doesn't make sense: <laughs> the devil is in this hospital where there have been two or three clear murders. Oh, absolute hands down murders. The thing is running normal. There's, there's no shutdown. There's a nothing. Security guard to be found. No security guards. They certainly don't call the police. What are we it, doing? It's a regular sh a shift. I don't understand how you can make this many mistakes in a movie. If it's <laughs> if it's the third movie of something you've made with this character, all the mistakes with the character being what he's psychic now. Is it because of the voodoo resurrection? He's oh. in tune with like some other frequency. I guess that's what we're supposed to assume, but they certainly don't give you any help to figure that out. No, none whatsoever. You're left out in the cold. You see three scenes with this voodoo doctor, and that's it. And none of them are like, you now have the power of... <laughs> and most people by now would have probably changed the channel. And <laughs> director William Lustig actually did so in real life. He walked off the set making this movie, and someone else had to finish it. Man, oh man. What is it like when you are working on a movie... And the director says, the hell with this, and jump ship. Like, you as Robert Zdar, you know, I mean, this is your movie, so you're not going anywhere. No. I think it's like, uh, and it's something that must be so satisfying, is you get to get up from the director's chair, take the headset, and just throw it on the ground. <laughs> and it breaks into a hundred pieces. I've had enough! <laughs> But I'm talking more from the perspective of, like, the actors, the crew. Can you imagine if you're, like, a nothing PA on Maniac Cop 3? You're fucking fresh out of UCLA film school or some bullshit. And you're like, ah, sweet gig on Maniac Cop 3, being a PA. This is great. 
And William Lustig just says, hey, kid, hold these headphones for a second. And you're like, well, whatever you say, Mr. Lustig. And the second you take the headphones from him, he goes, psych, you're directing this piece of shit now. And just walks off the set. I think that's what happened. I really do. And I'd never heard of this other director either. I've heard of William Lustig. You're getting some some director's sloppy seconds on this shitty horror movie. And folks, this happens more than you think. Oh yeah, people right. walk off shit all the time or like Alan Smythe themselves. Like if you're a part of a movie where the director doesn't want credit, that's embarrassing. I'm looking hey. at you, Jamie Lee Curtis in uh what's that movie of hers? Virus. Is she in Virus? She's in Virus. She is in Virus. I think that's an Alan Smythe production. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. Hey, even David. It's pretty garbage. So, well, even David Lynch has one under his belt. So everyone, yeah. everyone. Did he Alan a... Smythe Dune? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's embarrassing. Did he? I'm not sure. That's a that. question for another day. <laughs> <laughs> so Maniac Cop also in this reign of terror. You know, at some point in this movie, he decides maybe he's getting a little tired of being Maniac Cop because he walks into Jackie Earl Haley's room and just leaves a gun on Jackie Earl's, like, pillow. He uncuffs him. Yeah. And he's just like, do what you're going to do. This guy, Maniac Cop, may I remind you, <laughs> is is tied to trying to take down this police officer. Why are you letting him run this reign of terror in this hospital? I mean, he's really, he's taking, because, I mean, it works in his favor. It, it, surprise. This move really <laughs> does work out. But there was no chance it could work out. His idea was to let him loose and that somehow he was going to kill Paul Gleason. Yes. He was going to kill another lawyer that was involved in the case. It's, it's Jackie Earl Haley's defense attorney because she's talking to Paul Gleason about like, okay, so if Jackie Earl Haley you know, takes this plea, we drop the suit, we need to discuss the terms of him getting like – the rights to this, uh, like to his story for for a film adaptation or a TV show and all this shit. And they're walking down the hallway, and Paul Gleason's like, "Yeah, no, I'm fine with all of that." By the way, how about sucking my dick later? And you're like, <laughs> "Wait, what? You're trying to you're trying to make a move on this woman?" And she's totally into it. And then out of nowhere, they get blown to shit. And you're like, "Wow, way to go, maniac!" Oh, oh. Jackie Earl Haley, and it's him and a couple of other like tied, like, like lockdown prisoner yeah. criminal hospital patients. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we got this gang going now. <laughs> they shoot this fucking security guard. It's ridiculous. This security guard, by the way, here's your security guard. He's sitting on a chair just watching the monitors. What are you doing? How did you miss all the crazy shit that there's a maniac cop in your hospital? Sal the security. <laughs> there's a media cop. There's um, a cop that's on like watch duty. There's there's this there's enough time to formulate a ragtag gang uprising. <laughs> yeah, he has two <laughs> criminals with him going, you know, going through this place, and they're caught in a corner and they think Maniac Cop has got him, but then it turns out to be Robert Davy. Oh, that is so stupid. He some this is Oh man. It's asinine. It's it's it is it's asinine. Genuinely asinine. They kill the security guard, they kill Paul Gleason and this defense attorney woman, and then they they turn and they're like, What's that? And you cut to a a a, a stretcher 
rolling down the hallway with like a body on it and there's a sheet over it and you're like yeah oh here comes maniac cop whatever he's he's a uh, participant in the paranormal you know fine he got this thing rolling on his own somehow and all of a sudden gunfire starts erupting out of the blanket and they fucking shoot the shit out of the one dude there's three guys there's jackie earl haley jackie earl haley's roommate and then a third guy they somehow found and also convinced to go on this murdering the grissom spree. gang <laughs> they kill this third guy and then uh uh, uh robert davy like st- sits up and he's just like firing this weapon like what how did you lay what is the what explain to me this movie what are the logistics of him laying down on this stretcher covering himself in a sheet where is he getting the momentum to roll down the hallway? The only thing that makes sense is if John Woo was the director who took over for William Lustig. <laughs> yeah, That's the only kind of person who would allow this kind of crazy, stupid stunt to happen. It would have worked if some doves were released yep. at the same time. <laughs> a dove flies out from the sheet. This but could have been a cut from Hard uh, from Hardboiled in that huge hospital scene. This could have happened. <laughs> it, it, it definitely could have. I think this is probably where Robert Davey was just like... Uh, Hey there, female doctor. You want to see some cool police work? <laughs> now, just give me a push. And then, and then go push. hide in the bathroom. Yeah. So there's a big shootout. He kills the fat uh, roommate of Jackie Earl's. And then Jackie Earl's like still on the run. Tracks him down to this bathroom. And he's doing the old hide in the stall. And like <laughs> Robert Davi kicks the door open. And there's this old lady on the toilet. And he's like... Oh, geez, sorry about that. And then it turns out Jackie Earl Haley was somehow hiding behind this one. How do you hide behind someone who's sitting on a toilet? He broke in, made her stand up, and then sit on him. He is literally, it's like literally she is taking a a piss on his lap. And she's so much bigger than him, too. I don't understand it. Uh, so he's also murdered at this point. Robert Davi shoots the shit out of Jackie Earl, and that's that's the end of it. And that sounds chaotic and crazy. But wait on, folks, because guess who's in this movie? Maniac Cop. Oh, hey, I remember him. <laughs> Welcome back to the program, Maniac Cop. While this is all happening, Maniac Cop has kidnapped Maniac Kate and is bringing her down to whatever tunnel system leads to this... Alt, the, the voodoo altar. Everybody with us so far? <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> so, you're right. And actually, I just kind of realized that, oh man, again, Maniac Cop is way smarter than he has any right to be in this movie. Because that whole thing we just talked about, I'm just now realizing, is an orchestrated distraction set up by Maniac Cop so he can kidnap Maniac Kate Bride of Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop should have been part of Ocean's Eleven. (laughs) I would have loved that. I'd love to see Maniac Cop and that little Chinese gymnast just stuck in a box together. (laughs) And, like, this dude, like, doesn't speak any English. And he's like, hi. And then, like, Maniac Cop's like, shut up. (laughs) Or some shit. They're bickering in a box like the Boondock Saints. He has to convince Maniac Cop to let him jump off his shoulders. (laughs) In order to get to the air vents to help them both, they, in, in that in that movie they uh, they refer to somebody as like, oh, we need an Ella Fitzgerald, and they're like, oh yeah, we need a Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> Look, every every good casino heist needs a Voorhees, okay? 
Elliot Gould's like, well, I think I know a guy. <laughs> know a guy that knows a guy that knows a, uh, giant a doctor. undead mess. Hello, Matt. It's Ira. Want to come back from the dead and rob a casino owned by Al Pacino? <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> It's the shittiest fucking Elliot Gould impression <laughs> this side of the equator. Oh, say say the long goodbye to that impression. <laughs> it won't be returning. Beautiful. Oh man, <laughs> classic Robert Altman pun. So he kidnaps this woman, and the whole thing is here we go again. We're gonna have Bride of Maniac Cop. He sets her on fire. Now, to be fair to Maniac Cop, it's kind of an accident. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's an accidental. <laughs> this criminal mastermind has orchestrated all this shit, and then he fucking sets his bride on fire. Well, he does it f- in a unique way. Sure. Now, he, he's trying to get the voodoo priest witch doctor guy to perform this ritual on Maniac Kate, bring her back, I guess, out of a coma into some type of Maniac Cop dead zone that well, he's existing in. I feel like what they say here, because she's on life support in the hospital. Oh, so her. essentially, Maniac Cop takes her away, and this time he decides not to carry a bunch of electronic equipment around with him, unlike those paddles earlier. <laughs> he should have done that. Just kept her heart rate going <laughs> the whole way to this to this altar. Well, it's hard to navigate those dark tunnels when you're carrying so much luggage, I guess. <laughs> But so, but you know, remember before we said this voodoo priest, you know, clearly spells out to Maniac Cop like, hey, man, just so you know, I can't bring anybody back from the dead. You know, they have to want it. Their soul can't reject it. And Maniac Kate is such a good cop that she's like, no, I'm not going to be a part of your charade, Matt, you idiot. You know, I'm not going to come back from the dead and help you kill people. So, yeah. the So basically the, the priest does say that, like, oh, I can't, uh, you know, he says just that. And yeah, them's Maniac, the brakes, Maniac Cop. And, and this is when Maniac Cop gets his main line and he yells at him, Finish it! And then uh, the guy's like, hey, I can't. And then, <laughs> or, like, or like, I did, it doesn't work. And then Maniac Cop just shoots this guy in the back with a shotgun. He falls over. I guess somehow the buckshot ignites something on Maniac Kate. I think there's candles all over or the like place. Maybe also. oil too for like their you know seance. sensual massages. <laughs> Yeah. Sensual, sensual voodoo massages corpse massage <laughs> so yeah so this dude goes up maniac kate goes like this poor woman you know we, we haven't seen her conscious since the first 15 minutes of the movie now she's just this crispy critter and then this is where robert davi comes in and by the way i marked it right because you would figure this whole thing like in this movie is robert davi being like Oh man, all this smells pretty familiar, but there's none like of that. human flesh. It's not until an hour and eight minutes into this movie does Robert Davi learn that Maniac Cop is on the loose again, <laughs> aka fifteen minutes until the movie ends. Like, how on earth do you write a screenplay like this where everybody is just dicking around the character? From your previous movie who brought down this villain doesn't know 
that there's another movie happening. <laughs> it's insane. And if you look at the first two movies, the NYPD is all too well aware that there's Maniac Cop out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's becoming kind of like a, a public legend sort of thing. Like, people on the street are like, here, here pray tell well, of the Maniac well, Cop who kinda, patrols it, the streets. It's like a Son of Sam thing. Where yeah, everybody's, the public is paranoid, yeah. all of that everybody's stuff. Everybody's staying inside. There's a great scene in that first movie where a regular regular good cop just gets shot in the head because of the legend of Maniac Cop. People right, are someone's just, like, oh, it must be the Maniac Cop. Right, people are just uh, killing cops. Well, there's that great part in that first movie where Bruce Campbell's suspected of being the Maniac Cop because he's stepping out on his wife. Yes. <laughs> so his wife is just like, oh, my husband goes out at night for hours at a time and comes back changed. He must be the maniac cop. Oh, no, he's just fucking somebody? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's good. She follows him out there, and you actually see in that movie, he walks to, like, 12th Avenue. He walks, like, just a few blocks away to this motel that he's also sleeping with uh, some female cop. Man, that's a movie. (laughs) I almost feel like it's a deadly friend situation. Uh-huh. Where William Lustig was like, you know what? I'm gonna make you know. I've been making these like you know gaudy slasher movies, these kind of gritty, really gross movies. I'm gonna make like a Sidney Lumet like copper movie, like a uh, cop corruption, like a Prince of the Sea type movie. Right? Yeah, something and, that really says something. Yeah, something that says something. <laughs> uh, and he turns it into you know whoever, and they're like, uh, well, I mean, you're known for horror, want. Throw a horror in there? How about some of that maniac cop? You want to throw some maniac cop in there? Sprinkle some maniac cop on this movie. Because if you were to take out the scenes of maniac cop doing shit, you would still kind of have a movie about this guy worrying about his little sister in the, ho- in the hospital. Uh, I would like to posit that a more accurate title for this movie should be Maniac Cop all for nothing <laughs> is what it should be. I mean, it we get be. to this point and it's like, oh, well, the resurrection didn't work. Oh, they're both on fire. Oh, and by the way, somehow Maniac Cop gets set on fire at this point because it wouldn't be a Maniac oh, Cop yeah. movie without him on fire. Well, because, oh, I'm, I'm a monster and I love her. And he picks up <laughs> her body and he's carrying this flaming corpse. So now he's a flaming corpse, too. And he gets in this police car and just drives off hilariously on fire. There is a chase scene in this movie now. We jump ahead a little bit here where... Like, Robert Davi and this nurse, like, think, you know, oh, that's it. Thank God that's over with. And they're, like, in the ambulance. And, uh... By the way, what does she see in him? (laughs) (laughs) That's the best interruption that's ever happened on this show. (laughs) And a genuinely good question. No, it's a damn (laughs) fine question. And it's, like, maybe also, even if you were into him, which you're not, why not have a date after after he gets off of his crazy police caper? Yeah, like they're making out in the hospital at one point they're earlier. They're getting pretty hot and heavy. Like another cop comes in and he's like, oh, sorry, Robert Davi. And he's like, you got to be kidding me right now. I was about to go find the man in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cock blocks in this movie. <laughs> A lot of cock blocks for a horror movie. And honestly, that's also how this this voodoo ceremony doesn't work, because Maniac Cop wants Lady Maniac Cop. Can't have it, so he's just going to set everybody on fire. So they're in this ambulance, they're driving down the street, and it's like, oh, wow, what a day. Hey, what's that? And they look out the window, and there is Maniac Cop 
ablaze <laughs> driving this cop car chasing after them. It is ridiculous. I mean, it almost makes it worth it because it's just a guy on fire in this car. It's some it's some serious stunt work. You know, it's nowadays that would be CG. Yeah, oh, that it would totally be would CG. be. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be. It would be inauthentic. Now this is. <laughs> A this great, is a real yeah, maniac yeah. cop this on is a fire. Great chase scene, and then Robert Davy takes out his gun and shoots maniac cop in the head like fifty times. Like he empties this entire clip on him, reloads, and then empties another entire clip on him, mm-hmm. and it does nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not a <laughs> dent. It's he's just firing blanks. Here's a question uh, relating to all that is happening right now. So this man, this big hulk of a man, is on fire driving a car in a good, like, you know, five to six minute long chase scene. How is this car not instantly catching on fire and exploding? How does he get this far without the car, like, melting? Yeah, you know, movie law dictates that fire in a car equals a massive explosion. Exactly. Yeah. And he's just driving down the street, taking all these turns. Like, it's a real he's sick car He's putting his blinker chase. on. <laughs> he's parallel parking whilst on fire. Robert- it's a little early for the electric car, so let's not play that game. <laughs> no, no, there is some gasoline. and I mean, even an electric car, there's oil in there somewhere, probably. Some sort of flammable material. Robert Davy finally cracks this case because he takes <laughs> he takes this oxygen tank from the back of the ambulance and hucks it into Maniac Cop's squad car, and it doesn't do anything for a little while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It takes so long for the fucking fire to get to it. It's probably more more realistic. I mean, it's, that's true. It's a it's a very realistic film. Well, I thought they were going to rip off Jaws, and he yeah. was going to have like you know some line about like oh one bullet, you I, know, shoot it. I totally thought that too. I thought they were going to jam it in his mouth. Yeah, I thought he was going to unhinge <laughs> his jaw, dude. If Maniac Cops just chowing down on this O two, and then he it blows up and he roars like some. <laughs> Some crazy echoey roar. It's like when that Rottweiler and man's best friend eats the cat and it unhinges his jaw to fit the cat in. <laughs> I mean, we've seen a man take a whole whole chicken. Yeah. Right before this chase scene ends, before the car blows up, uh, well, because that's the end of the movie, by yeah. the way. Maniac Cop blows up. Well, quickly, I want to mention that during this the the, the chase sequence, there are scenes with, which in which Maniac Cop has other cars on the road getting too close to his squad car where he takes his hand out and shoves them <laughs> with his he just shoves a car with his hand and guess what it works oh yeah he's These, throwing cars yep. off the road like fucking donkey kong try it man that will <laughs> never work i don't care how abnormal and spiritual and otherworldly you are well the only time they really show his well they the using the human as skeet is pretty that shows it, but like yeah, he also he's rips a, ca- a car door off its hinges. Yeah, that's how he steals the police car that he drives around and well, he rips the fucking door off like I Fred this Flintstone. Was maniac cop, not Robo cop. <laughs> <laughs> you got a vampire cop? Zombie cop. Oh, that'd be great. Secret Nazi maniac cop. <laughs> so maniac cop explodes. There's a hilarious bit where Robert Davi lights a cigarette off of Maniac Cop's fucking blown up arm, which is pretty oh, great. Good for you. And they yeah. walk off. This is great. There's, you know, it's L.A., but it's supposed to be New York, and they're in some shitty warehouse neighborhood. And him and the nurse just walk off into the nighttime together. And that's, you know, 
supposedly the end of the movie. We'll get to the twist in a second. But there is one line during this chase scene that just pulls everything together. Like, so this, this nurse, um, or she's not a nurse, excuse me, the doctor, Dr. Fowler there, she's like totally terrified about what's going on right now. She can't believe that a man on fire is chasing them. And because at no point has she been initiated to the maniac cop lore whatsoever, because Robert Davi only found out five minutes ago that maniac cops even in the same movie as him. <laughs> he just thinks he's in some police corruption movie, but he's actually in maniac cop three badge of silence. <laughs> he has no fucking idea. They're driving in this car and this woman just yells out. I hate this. How Perfect is that. I just paused it and I was like, me too, Dr. Fowler. Me too. Let's finish this movie. So we cut to the morgue. You know, our heroes have walked off into the sunset, never to be seen again. And they wheel in Maniac Kate's charred corpse. Or no, Maniac Cop's charred corpse next to Maniac Kate, who's already there. Yeah. And this... Like mortician or whatever, you know, his morgue attendant sits down. He's like watching TV or he's on the computer Looking or something. Looking through his divorce paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bitch wants everything. <laughs> and we zoom in on the corpse hand and there's Maniac Cop's gloved hand comes out and holds this charred body. And we just cut and that's credits. Aww. What the fuck are you <laughs> doing? Are you kidding me? Come on. Maniac well, Cop there's 3. room for a sequel. It's a hot romance. I'm shocked this... And that's the movie, by the way. I'm yeah. shocked there hasn't been a reboot of any kind to this movie. Honestly, I think it would be a good idea. Yeah. Because you could I reboot feel like this. This, is, this, this is a franchise with a little more life in it yet. Yeah, it's not completely, you know, run out of gas. Why aren't you remaking this one, Michael Bay? If we can have 22 Friday the 13th movies. Exactly. And it's something that's like, I mean, I'm sure there's big fans of this franchise out here because there's fans of everything everywhere. But like, it's true. This franchise isn't as precious as something like a, a Friday the 13th or a Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, there's improvements to be made. There's improvements to be made in all those movies. But I'm just saying, like, if you were to reboot Maniac Cop and, like, you know, explain to me why Maniac Cop has these psychic powers or whatever, I wouldn't be like, how dare... You know, like, in that Friday the 13th remake, it's like, oh, we're going to show you how Jason gets around the forest so fast. That is the dumbest. <laughs> His tunnel town underneath Crystal um, no, Lake. You know just what? stop it. That's one of the great things about, like, these 80s slashers and stuff is there's a lot of, and for some reason... Like, yeah. And then he comes yeah. back from the dead for some reason. And you know what? That's fine. Leave it. A little ambiguity is never killed anyone. No, it didn't. Except maybe, you know, Maniac Cop. Yeah. He wasn't killed by ambiguity. He was killed because of his values. Twas beauty killed the beast. <laughs> and a huge The explosion. beauty of Maniac Kate. <laughs> Man, I'd love it if Maniac Cop fell off the Empire State Building at the end of this movie. He got shot down by a bunch of Red Baron fighter planes. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, would anybody recommend this movie? Uh, I would, actually. I mean, it's it moves along at a clip. It's pretty damn crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed myself. It's, it's certainly not a, a strong recommend, but it, it's a recommend. There have been way worse movies than this, but it's still not that good. And, like... 
the fact that the Mania Cup One and Mania Cup Two are just sitting right there, like those are the ones you need to see. Yeah. And if you feel like you need to see more after that, do three. But otherwise, I wouldn't go into it without seeing the other ones. Yeah, totally. It's a light recommend for me. It's a totally ridiculous movie. It's a completely ridiculous movie. Uh, but no, I I am okay with those first two movies. Actually, I think the first one's pretty cool. Then the second one's a fine sequel. First one's got uh old what's his name drunky mcwhiskey face from halloween three no uh tom atkins oh yeah, yeah. is he's, in that first he's mania all cop. over that movie he is it's pretty great um but yeah i mean this one is like if you really like the first two and you haven't quite had your belly filled with maniac cop movies check out part three i guess i don't know there's no real reason to watch this movie because it is maniac cop without maniac cop if you're if you're watching these Maniac Cop movies because you love Maniac Cop movies, you're going to be kind of disappointed with this. If you're watching this movie because you're a William Lustig completist, that's fine. Oh, and that's something I wanted to point out really quickly. This dude has an impressive directorial filmography. I'll just close the app on the iPad here. Uh, all right. So just real quick, this dude's a solid director. Check out Maniac from 1980, the original. Vigilante from 83. Then Maniac Cop, Hit List is kind of a good movie. Uh, Maniac Cop Two. This he also directed that hilarious Uncle Sam, which I keep meaning to check out. Oh yeah, I've been dying to see that. Dying to see that. <laughs> By the way, Vigilante's got a lot of great uh, on location New York uh, yeah, all stuff. Like there's like Greenpoint, Brooklyn in the in the dirty eighties yeah. and. It looks great. So yeah. does uh, I think the first Maniac, the actual Maniac, yeah. is also on location. Yeah, it is New York. And you know, as as so, I mentioned on Chudmentary, I'm a sucker for that. Well, also in that movie, man, do you get to see how grody the subways used to be? Like now, <laughs> oh, I thank yeah. the Lord for every subway I see. The if a, if a homeless man takes a shit on the subway platform, I'm like at least it's not what Maniac looked like. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, if you want to get a hold of us, check out the website. We're at whmpodcast.com. Like our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. We are at whmpodcast. Write into the mailbag, weallhatemovies at gmail.com. If you subscribe in iTunes, rate and review the show there if you could. We got a hilarious one-star review the other day. I couldn't stop laughing at it. It, it was, was really great. I loved it. Someone was offended by potty mouths. I give that one-star review five stars. <laughs> Rate and review, it helps increase the profile of the show in the iTunes store. You can also catch us on Stitcher Radio, download the Stitcher app, stream the show on the go, and any other uh, participating podcast you might listen to. Blame it on Outer Space, Eric's Conspiracy Theory Takedown Show, the first Wednesday of every month. A new episode making fun of conspiracies or paranormal tales. Sometimes the undead. Sometimes the undead. Man, imagine there's a maniac cop like conspiracy theory. <laughs> Pretty great. We'll have to find one. <laughs> Blame it on outerspace.com at Blame Space Pod on Twitter. They are also in iTunes, Stitcher, uh, and a Facebook page as well. Chris's movie reviews for Slant Magazine, slant.com. And uh, one last time, big thanks to our friends in Hurrah, Bolt of Light. Uh, we've been plugging their, their band uh, this whole request month. They wrote the theme song that you're going to hear from now till, till whenever this show just bites it. So, about a month. <laughs> Give it another month or so. Get our use out of that theme song. Uh, no, they're a great band from New York City. Check out hurrahboltoflight.com. They have a record out you can buy on iTunes. It's called Hello. It's good stuff. 
Uh, thanks again to them for writing us a theme song. That's it. Another listener request month in the bag. Uh, tune in next week. Is it next week? We start summer blockbusters. I think it is. Yeah, it's just so. just one one gimmicky month <laughs> into the other one. That's how we roll around here. Uh, no, a lot of big titles coming up. Should be pretty fun. Uh, and yeah. Stay tuned for Godzilla. That's somewhere in there. I spoiled that one. I spoiled one. Well, you know what? You've earned it. Uh, yeah, you know, we never tell people stuff, but you know what? Fuck it. Godzilla's coming up. How about that, <laughs> So until next week, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Gabin. Take it easy. <laughs>